to so many wonderful friends, conservatives, and fellow citizens in this room and all across our country, I stand before you today to declare that the incredible journey we've begun together, we went through a journey like nobody else. There's never been a journey like it. There's never been a journey so successful. We began it together four years ago, and it is far from being over. And just like that, the crowd at CPAC went out of their faces. But is he the face of the Republican Party? Well, no, that's an easy answer. The answer is yes. Is he the face of 2024? Ah, that's the question. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. We were there. CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. I have so many things to share. From uh, Friday night and Saturday, Representative Devin Nunez, we spoke to him. Representative Lauren Boebert, new member of Congress, uh, carries the gun. Oh, she was a trip. Uh, Got to speak to her. Daryl Issa is back in Congress. And I didn't know his story. I didn't know how Representative Issa missed two years of being in Congress. He corrected me on the spot. Always good. Always good to keep yourself centered people you don't know everything spoke to him as well madison cawthorn uh from north carolina that conversation also spoke with jesse banal who worked on trump's legal team on the recounts and really dug into this conversation about getting out lawyered there were incredible things i saw at cpac and then there were ridiculous things that i saw in cpac i mean nothing is more ridiculous uh, than the people who are pushing for uh Dr. Seuss to be kicked out of schools because it's bigoted. That's actually happening. You see, uh, the woke, there's nothing more ridiculous than the woke. And I'm going to share that story coming up. But of course, the question is, what is it that the party wants? Does the party want Trump 2024? Or does the party want the ideas of Trump, the ability to fight back, the America first agenda to be the policies for 2024, and then they can be utilized in different people. One of the things that you see at the end of CPAC is is the straw poll, the famous straw poll. What does it mean? It doesn't matter in a year like this. It matters in election years. Well, there were a couple people who got uh, votes, right? Uh, Ted Cruz got 2% of the vote. Lion Ted, 2% of the vote. And, of course, we had that one-on-one with with Ted Cruz, which we'll put up at TonyKatz.com later this week. Uh, we, uh, we, um, he got 2%. Mike Pompeo got, uh, 2% of the vote. Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota, uh, got 5%. That is uh, Ari's favorite governor, by the way. Yeah, I, I enjoy fan. her. He's a good, huge fan of, of Christy Nome. He doesn't know anything about her politics. But he, he says that part doesn't matter. And I'm like, that's just wrong. I never said that. That is just wrong. It's like when people look at me and they're like, I don't know what he says. I just like the way he says it. I'm like, I am I am more than that. I am more than that. And I don't appreciate it one bit. But producer Ari says he doesn't care. He's just going to keep staring at me. What can I say? I'm loved by all the peoples. What am I supposed to do? Uh, she tore, She tore down the house. Because she, her whole conversation was, you did not have to lock down to be safe. That was all anti-science. And here, let me walk you through it. And here's what we did in our state. It was, it was really a chance for her to engage this giant rebuttal 
against those people who would want to uh, lump her into this category being anti-science when it's really places like New York and California that are having the issues and not places like, like South Dakota. But the top two vote-getters in the straw poll were Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, he got 27%. Donald Trump got 55% of the vote. And a lot of people are taking that as, oh my gosh, they can't give up on Trump. They're not giving up on Trump. Well, no, no, they're not. Let's, let's, let's at least be clear about what it is we're talking about. Absolutely, positively not. But I got plenty of people to be downright honest. He could have done this. He could have done that. Okay. Ooh. Right? There was a little bit of, of self-reflection. Actually, more so than I thought. When I had this conversation with Jesse Banal about, about the vote, well, this, is, this was actually a big part of CPAC. Being able to talk about and understand election integrity and, and, and uh, how you follow the rules. Now, the way it kind of got couched and played by them was the idea of here's what this group did wrong, and here's what that group did wrong, here's what Democrats did wrong here, and here's how they... It could have been said, here's the opportunities that we missed and here's how we got beat, right? And maybe that's, uh, that, that's my way of, of saying it because I think that it should be said that way in, in, its, in its bluntness to better get people to understand where the fight is. Oh man, Banal was all over that conversation. And it was, it was refreshing in, in, in a way because you really uh, saw people, I mean, don't get me wrong, some people like, oh, just outright fraud, outright stolen. There's no question he won the election. That absolutely happened. But more people than I thought, and I, and I felt good about this, uh, really digging into, okay, here's what happened here. Here's what you have to change here. Here's what you have to do here. But 55% gets me to wondering whether or not my question is where other people are. Is it necessary to have Trump be the guy in 2024? Or is it best to take the lessons from Trump and make sure that they are absorbed and utilized by other people, which is the very concept of the conversation of the fight. And not every fight has to take place the way Donald Trump did it. Not every fight has to take place the way Donald Trump did it. But fighting back against narrative, fighting back against lies, pushing harder, pushing stronger, not being afraid. Those things matter greatly. Greatly. And if, if, if this is what's going to come, if this is what's going to be learned, if this is the way it's going to go, it's a if, oh, this is good stuff. This is good, good stuff. I have walked away from CPACs before feeling good. I have walked away from CPACs before having, having questions. Um, Nobody was morose. Nobody was down. Nobody was like, oh, what, would, uh, what was us? Definitely worried about Joe Biden. And I think there's a lot to worry about Joe Biden with. A lot to worry about Joe Biden with. Oh, you don't believe me? Harris-Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go. You know the you know the thing. Say it ain't so, Joe. 
It's very so. He went to Texas. And, well, you tell me. Does this sound right to you? Uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Pinell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, No, no, that, that, he sounds just fine. He sounds just fine now. Let me make sure I play all the audio so you don't think that I'm selectively editing anything. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Mayor Turner, Judge Hidalgo, uh, thank you all for welcoming us. Yeah, people worried about Joe Biden. My conversation with Representative Lauren Boebert that's coming up next. I'm Tony Katz. Lauren Boebert is the newly elected congresswoman from Colorado. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. Had the chance to catch up with her over the weekend at the Conservative Political Action Conference. And so we had to test the microphones. And she's got an interesting way of doing that. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I got a hallelujah from you. Got a hallelujah. Can I can I add that to like a ringtone? Go for it. I think Representative <laughs> Bobert, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ringtone right there. Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Just a random hallelujah. Glory to God. You know Representative Lauren Bobert of Colorado. You know her. As very often, like if I'm listening to a media description, you're the gun-toting Lauren Boebert. Pistol packing mama. <laughs> I saw them open up for Duran Duran in 1986. <laughs> it was a good show. I wanted to start with a conversation about something that was said about you, and in 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 many ways, uh, a, a real a slander or a libel, depending on how you say these things. And it was how the Washington Post. Mm-hmm said that it was you who led a large group, a capital tour to a large group before the riots that took place on January 6th. I don't want to discuss the riots. Uh-huh. I want to discuss your response yeah. to this, well, what can only be described as an allegation. They say, Democratic lawmaker says, what was your response to this and what is your response still? Uh, well, my my immediate response was just how absurd this is. You know, we have the fake news media that's always uh, coming up with some interesting story, but I had a, a, a colleague go on live television and say that I was leading a reconnaissance tour in our nation's capital. No, I brought my family into the Capitol. I was being sworn in as a United States representative, uh, a freshman member of Congress, and I brought my, my four boys, my husband, my mom, through the Capitol. And uh, they, they said that I should be investigated for, for leading a, a recon. I mean, come on now. This is absurd. Uh, so I slapped that colleague with an ethics complaint. You know, we could go outside. Did you really? Oh, I sure did. So, uh, and you know, they said, they were like, hey, you know, you could do this a couple ways. You can make this as formal or informal as you want. And I said, no, this is this is the real deal because uh, Congress is a self-governing body. Uh, we make our own rules and we, we, we take care of each other in there. You know, we take care of our issues in there. And so I said, so I could, I could take it outside of Congress, but we're going to deal with this right here. He's, he's making threats. At, 
directly at me in my official capacity. So we're we're gonna we're gonna take this on right here. But uh, I mean, this is the guy who eats fried chicken on the house floor. I mean, come on. We do refer to him as KF Steve. Yeah. <laughs> That is that is true. So yeah. Talking about Steve Cohen, Democratic congressman from Tennessee. That's right. Yes, and and so you know this this is just absurd. My mom was uh, was being accused of being the bullhorn lady with or the pink hat lady. I've, I've heard her called a couple of things. This woman had a pipe and was helping bust windows in the Capitol. She she grabbed a bullhorn and was was giving people directions on where to go in the Capitol. And for weeks, it was it was a viral story that this was my mom. It's not my mom. I had not heard that. Oh one. my gosh, it's ridiculous. It's it's it was all over the place. My mom getting death threats because they thought that she was some sort of uh, insurrectionist. You know, and, and it's it's just incredible how the media can just run rampant without being put in check. Talking to Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado, uh, is it still kind of odd to be called Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado as opposed to just "Hey, Mom"? <laughs> right. Yes, I've been I've been called Mom for almost 16 years now, uh, but you know it, it's humbling and it's an honor. I, I'm just grateful that there's still an opportunity to give those 75 million Americans a voice because their voice was stolen from them. Uh, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate to just um, lose President Trump in in this movement and. And, uh, and to have that taken away, it's, but I am happy to stand in the gap and, and be their voice and, and speak on their behalf. I, I promised them that I wouldn't come to D.C. and be a wallflower. I think I'm doing all right at that. Uh, well, that, that is not something I would have accused you of. But let me ask you a question about sure. the conversation of, of fraud. I often argue that we use fraud as the overarching conversation mm-hmm. for all the things that took place. How do you describe it to your constituents? Well, so my very first speech on the House floor was regarding uh, the certification of the electoral votes. And I was proud to have taken the objections that I did. There were states that behaved poorly. You know, we don't even have to get into fraud. We don't even have to get into election irregularities. You look at the states that went against their state constitution. It is the state legislature that makes election laws. And when you have secretaries of states, attorneys generals, changing the laws, rogue judges, uh, this is unacceptable. And they not only violated their state constitution, but they they violated the federal constitution. And I could not, in in good conscience, uh, vote to certify the states that did that. Uh, So I'm proud of the objections that I took. But, you know, if you you look at that, this election has a completely different outcome uh, just by addressing that right there. And now we have H.R. 1. The Democrats call it the For the People Act. But we know that they're trying to take control of the American language. Why? So they can control the narrative, so they can control the perception of what's being seen, because we know the perception is reality. I mean, right. that, that's what's taking place right now. And so they call it For the People Act. It's really For the Swamp Act. And they said they want to fortify our elections. No, they're going to codify everything that we saw in 2020 and, uh, and, and take over our elections. It's a D.C. takeover of our elections. It's mail-in ballots. It's not having to have an ID. Right. It's, it's being able to have same-day registration. 16-year-olds can register. That wordplay is the way we get the Equality Act. Yes. Which is not a conversation of equality if hmm. you're a girl uh, in playing high school sports right. and you're told you have to compete against boys. That's right. And then uh, and then all the, the, the young girls who are going to lose scholarship opportunities because a boy outplayed them. I mean, come on now. That's, this is where we're at. What about the girl who gets her skull broken by a man? And that's okay? Absolutely not. We have, we have girls in bathrooms who now have to watch their backs because there may be some confused man in there. 
leering at her, trying to catch a peek. Uh, what about the parents whose rights are at stake? Uh, Congress is replacing mom and dad with bureaucrats. Uh, you can be at risk of having your child taken, removed from your custody if you don't allow them to take hormone blockers. It's okay to, to inject your child with something that could cause brain damage, sterilization, increased risks of cancer. We can allow our children to mutilate their bodies because we're, we're, we're afraid that government is going to come in and take them if we don't? Yeah, I'm not familiar with the medical side effects of, the, of those things. I have no way to agree or disagree. But it is so clear that as a parent, mm-hmm. uh, par- the job of the parent, the job of the adult is to protect children very often from themselves. Right. And, and what they're dealing with and going through. It doesn't mean be rude, it doesn't mean be mean, but certainly... Certainly it means you don't allow them to do certain things as they're figuring themselves out. Mm-hmm. Talking to Representative Lauren Boebert from Colorado. Those levels of word manipulation, and we see the levels of, of media bias that do exist, and we've been exposing it on the show, and very clear and very obvious that when Donald Trump does it, it's a cage, and when Joe Biden does it, it's the Hyatt Regency, you know, in terms <laughs> right. of people right. on, on, on the border. Uh, the, the question before us is, how much do you share with your constituents this conversation? How much do they share it back with you? And when you're here at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, What's your takeaway from what it is you're seeing and what it is you'll be saying and, 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 and talking to people about? Uh, so w- my takeaway is there's still hope. Uh, the American people are not sitting back at home saying w- we're done. Uh, we've lost America forever. No, we still have the Senate uh, to that needs to hold the line on a lot of these issues. And uh, I believe that people are using this frustration that they're feeling to launch them into the 2020 election cycle because they know America is worth saving. And so meeting so many different conservatives who have the same point of views. You know, we have this whole iron sharpens iron effect right. going on here. And uh, people are being built up stronger than ever. The truth is getting out there. Uh, no matter how Democrats try to silence the truth, uh, the, the, the truth will prevail. Uh, we're not bowing down to the cancel mob. This cancel culture is destroying our country. And there are plenty of people who refuse to go along with it. That was Representative Lauren Bobert of Colorado. We'll be having her back. We'll get more into Second Amendment stuff with her. Uh, CPAC did share a lot. And not all of it was great. I'll share with you the most ridiculous thing I saw from there. And Chris Cuomo? No, sorry. Andrew Cuomo. It's the governor this time. His future is in jeopardy. This is Tony Katz today. It's a golden calf. It is what it is. I don't want anybody to deny it. I don't want anyone to get angry about it. I don't want anyone to get crazy and say, oh, Tony, you're just being... No, you listen to me. It was a golden freaking calf. And if that's the worst thing that happened at CPAC, if that's the thing that the political left is most jumping on, well, then, my gosh, nothing went wrong. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, everything at TonyKatz.com. Some artist who, by the way, he was selling it. You you, you could have spent $100,000 and, and purchased yourself one. He made this, this statue of Trump. And it's the, it's the jacket and the tie, the red tie and the white shirt, and wearing a... Uh, America, like American flag shorts, right? And flip flops. And the thing is kind of like lifelike. It's crazy. 
crazy. I think it's holding the Constitution in one hand, and I don't know, it's a scepter with a star. I don't know why it's a scepter. It doesn't matter. Point is, it's gold. But it's not really gold, but it's gold. And someone made this and brought it. And anybody who thinks that's not an absolute concept of idol worship and the golden calf, we're getting biblical people, you're out of your head. Of course it was. I did not go see it in person. I did not. I I was working. Right? CPAC takes place in a couple different spots, and I was working, so I, I did not head over there. Um. Anybody who says otherwise is nuts. It was a bad idea because it gave, uh, you know, the haters something to hate. Like, oh, look, uh, idol worship. Of course it is. Now, it's funny that, that we've actually been discussing this now for over a year. Not into idolatry. If you ask me what matters more, Trump or the Constitution, the answer is the Constitution. The only reason Trump worked is that Trump, you know, moved policies that were based in conservative values. And there's an interesting theory that the hate from the left actually moved him further right and made him more go in those directions and follow the, you know, work with some of those organizations, Heritage Foundation, for example, and others, which is a really interesting kind of, you know, uh, kind of clap back. And if you want an example of this, let's go to the COVID relief bill. I'll be discussing the COVID relief bill, this $1.9 trillion worth of nonsense, $100 million for the BART system. Oh, you don't know what the BART system is. Uh, Bay Area Rapid Transit. Whoa, 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 Bay Area. Yes, yes, San Francisco. They're getting $100 million in the $1.9 trillion bill. Who represents San Francisco? Oh, that would be Speaker Pelosi. No wonder people were upset with this thing and voted against it, and rightfully so. One of the things that originally was taking place was they were having the vote. All of a sudden, the vote was going to be on Friday night. Now, I thought that was Pelosi trying to schedule a vote to keep people from attending the conference in uh, in Florida. It was actually Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was there at CPAC. I didn't get to talk to her. And, and I wanted to just because producer Ari is such a big fan. <laughs> right. Um. The, what 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 Marjorie Taylor Greene was doing, this is the person who lost their committee assignments, right, uh, the Republican. So what she was doing is that she was engaged in these procedural mo- uh, um, uh, motions to adjourn because she wasn't in favor of the bill. So when you engage the procedural motion to adjourn, you're forcing the members of Congress out of their offices to head to uh, the, the House floor to vote. Right? That's what they have to do. So because she was doing that, and she wasn't necessarily wrong in doing that, it was a tactic, uh, it, it delayed uh, the time till the vote happened, right? It, it, it made things last a few hours longer. So what you did is, Democrats, you took away her committee assignments. She's got nothing to do all day. She deals with her constituents, and then she's got the rest of the time to herself. I don't know how much Xbox you can play, but some people get bored after three hours. So she's just going to screw with you, Democrats, until you simply put her on a committee. The committee to examine committees on committees, it doesn't matter what committee you put her on. She's going to keep being a thorn in your side and a pain in your, you know what, until you put her on a committee. 
I, it's, you, you gave her the time, and now she's utilizing it appropriately. Or at least that she sees it appropriately. Oh, please don't think that she's somehow this hated person amongst uh, the Republicans. She could be very, very useful. Very, very useful. I, I, I would have interviewed her just to, just to get into some of the... I would have, I would have gotten into those conversations. Uh, for the record, I did not see her do a single interview on Radio Row. Doesn't mean she didn't. It's just, I didn't. I didn't see it. Now, people are going to want to talk about the calf, uh, uh, the golden Trump. I bring it up to you, not because I think it was the worst thing in the world. I just think it was a dumb idea. Never let it be said that I won't share all the sides. Oh, I'll share with you the absolute dumbest thing to come out of CPAC. Oh, I'll I'll get to that uh, in the next hour. But the people talking about the golden Trump are the same people who are probably not talking about Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, who has now had to put out a statement because there's a second woman suggesting impropriety, suggesting that Andrew Cuomo, as governor, did things like uh, ask about um, her sex life who did things uh, like ask yeah, if she has sex with older men. Right? So that's asking without asking. And I find that to be uh, some, some, some cheap stuff. That, that harassment and bullying, that certainly sounds like it, as is being described. He puts out a statement Saying at work, sometimes I think I am being playful and make jokes that I think are funny. I do on occasion tease people in what I think is a good-natured way. I do it in public and in private. You'll see me do it at briefings hundreds of times. I have teased people about their personal lives, their relationships, about getting married or not getting married. I mean no offense, and only attempt to add some levity and banter to what is a very serious business. I now understand that my interactions may have been insensitive or too personal and that some of my comments, given my position, made others feel in ways I never intended. To be clear, I never inappropriately touched anybody and I never propositioned anybody and I never intended to make anyone feel uncomfortable, but these are allegations that New Yorkers deserve answers to. Well, these answers are going to be found by the Attorney General, Letitia James, no, Cuomo wanted it to be somebody else who worked with a donor. And no, 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 it's going to be the AG. Add to that Speaker Pelosi, who calls the allegations against Cuomo serious and credible. Oh, my. This is why I say I think that Andrew Cuomo's in real trouble. Is, is it possible? that uh, he gets to stay where he is. Is it possible nothing happened to him? Of course. I would say the odds are certainly uh, for that. But it is no doubtedly true, or undoubtedly true, no doubt it is true, much better, that without Trump in office, reporters have to actually start looking for stories again. And so some things certainly will come to the fore, even if it's, quote-unquote, the, the the proper party, right? Cuomo taking these hits. Now, I think there's a difference 
I gotta, I gotta tell you, and I'm not saying it's right for for an employer. I'm not making that argument. Uh, tell me, or or am I overthinking it? There's something rather sketch about, um, you know. Uh, do you ever have sex with older men? <laughs> just like he asked, no, I'll tell you why. I'll don't, it's, I'm not trying to be funny when I just say that, because of course that, that in and of itself is sketch. In the same way he, uh, he asked another aide, do you ever play strip poker? You see, he's asking the question, but he's not coming out and asking the question. He's playing it like if you answer the question, you're the one coming on to him. And so it gives him cover. My issue, you want to talk about a weird issue? My issue is that he wasn't direct. Hey, you want to have sex? That's direct. Yeah, but they're his employees. You can't do that. And so what does he do? He goes about this circuitous route of trying to be coy and of trying to like like make it it's your idea so he's he's putting it on you and how you have to answer so your answer is the issue not his question and that's what's so sketch that's what's so weak i'm telling you i would have much less of an issue if he point straight out said would you like to have sex <laughs> i don't know about that one like, am I am I am I making sense? You're right? you're I, way overthinking it. It's not that I'm saying that both aren't aren't wrong. It's that to come out and say it directly. At least you're not trying to pretend. In in the way he has done it, as is described, and by the way, innocent until proven guilty. He's just tiptoeing around and do you weak sot. You want to ask? Ask! You don't want to ask? Handle your business and go home to your wife. I, you know, I've been told I have a very interesting way of looking at the world. I'm telling you that it's worse the way Cuomo did it as it's being described. It's worse! It is far... Maybe I am overthinking it. Man, there's two allegations. Innocents are proven guilty, but so far he isn't finding many friends in the Democratic Party. I'm Tony Katz. Representative Daryl Issa represents the 50th District of California. And he was at the Conservative Political Action Conference. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. And we talked about the futures and the fight needed in the Republican Party. The fact is, we're a party in rebuilding, just as we were uh, when President Reagan came along. Uh, And we're about to be a party in the majority. We're about to be a party driving the message. We just have to convince your radio listeners that in the next election, they have to vote early and vote. You talk about rebuilding. You were just speaking with somebody walking by. What's it like to be back? Because you uh, didn't run. You, you, you took some time away from Congress. You've come back to Congress. It wasn't that much of a gap. It was two years. It was four years. I, I don't even remember. The question is, how different is it in just those couple of years? 
you know, I need to merchandise my life a little bit better. Most people think I, I retired. I was nominated by the president to head the Trade Development Agency, an independent agency, and then I was blocked by Bob Menendez of New Jersey, uh, and couldn't get past the filibuster, so I came I came back to Congress very happily. Uh, but for those two years, as I worked with the administration, uh, I got a good look at Congress going directly downhill. When I left, we had the majority. <clears throat> During those two years, I got to see Nancy Pelosi putting her claws into a system that was already broken and made it worse. Well, first, forgive me, because I did not know that story, and I do this for a living, and sometimes you miss stories that are out there. I did not know that was the story. I apologize to you. Now that you're back, I think people would view you, Representative Vice, as somebody who fights, as somebody who's willing to, to speak uh, his mind. Is the subject that's front and center, or should be front and center for Americans, conversations having to deal with China and trade? Are they conversations having to do with censorship and what's happening to people on the political right? Like my the radio world is wondering when the Fairness Doctrine is going to re return in our lives. Are there, is there something else that should be the front and center subject, or is it all fronts all the time? You know, we had four years of a president that stood for freedom and America first. And the attacks that came during that time, including from social media, of course, need to be front and center. But I think we need to just focus again on where did we go in 2016? What was the direction of our party? It was toward putting Americans first. It was toward putting the working man first. It was toward putting the businessman's ability to prosper first. Uh, it was putting the national defense of the United States first. And I think it's, it's very straightforward. Of course, we have all of these issues, but don't get mired in the issues. The real question is, will we continue to be the party of freedom? We're here in, in Florida. We're Ron DeSantis, uh, a former member of the Oversight Committee, uh, has a reputation for being a hard fighter and a lover of freedom. And it shows. It shows in this state as it does not show in California or New York. In, a, in what I call the Exodus states. He's right about the Exodus states, by the way. He is absolutely right about that. Places that people are leaving in droves. Now, the full interview will be up at, at TonyKatz.com. Uh, we'll have the, the, the podcast up. You can subscribe uh, to that. Uh, Ice is an interesting cat. And Ice is an interesting cat because he's he's got the money. <laughs> That that is, that is not his issue uh, at, at all. Um, he he's a down for the fight guy, and what he is is wonderfully and gloriously unaffected. And so here's the story where Radio Row uh, was right. Uh, so we're next to Fox Nation, and we're facing what is this giant ballroom. Right, and then people could come out of the, of the ballroom, and then they'd be there. And so people are walking back and forth, and we've got a little bit of room between us and and this kind of like uh, this piping, where people can move about and sit in the chairs. We're doing interviews, and a little bit of separation from the people walking back and forth, and they can see Radio Row and what's going on. It's it's very cool. And then there was this big wide hallway, and then there was you know like like you would see at a hotel, that table's got a vase on it, right? You know, some of them were 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 like. Uh, like bar height kind of thing. So, and so there, this table there, giant mirrors. And after we were done, about an hour later, I look up, and there's Isa sitting on the table. 
He's now got the jacket on. He only had the, the shirt and tie on with me. He's got the jacket on. He's sitting there. His legs are dangling. He's checking his phone. There's some dude sitting next to him that wasn't a staffer. Just some guy's like, it's I'm going to hang out. Like, a, completely unaffected by everything that was going on around him. And that's... There was a CPAC had a, a fair amount of this, this kind of relaxation that I wasn't expecting at this moment. Now, does it mean something? We'll discuss. I'm Tony Katz.